0: We are back on the Rational Boomer Podcast. Hopefully your day is going well. It's Tuesday. We're moving through the week. And still more stuff happening. Donald Trump keeps looking dumber every fucking day. I got to be honest. I started out the day a little revved up. You know, I did some TikToks. I did three or four TikToks. And they were all pretty much standard TikToks like the Rational Boomer TikToks, you know, we talk about current events, I give some opinion, I might get in your face a little bit, I might be a little blunt, I might even swear a time or two. But they're all pretty much similar TikToks. Well, that said, a short time after doing these three TikToks, one of them was taken down. And it was taken down for something they called hateful behavior. I thought this is weird because this TikTok was about the affidavit and how the judge is looking to possibly um, release that affidavit on Thursday. I had plenty to say about Donald Trump, but again, no different than I would normally do. And so I noticed that this video is taken down. Now, I've had this happen before. Uh, some trumplafuck gets butt hurt and gets mad at me, can't deal with facts, truth, or what's right. So they just go and tell Mama TikTok that I hurt their feelings, and then they pull it down. Well, then I submit an appeal, and in a short time, it comes back up again. And that's what, exactly what happened with this particular uh, TikTok. But I got to admit, I got a little revved up here. And I did a fourth TikTok, and I I explained the situation just like I did here. And I said, you know, I really get tired of these dumbass, dumbass Trumplifucks And I've always told people don't engage with them because they don't understand. They can't comprehend truth. They just gaslight and they try to talk louder and longer than you do. So never engage with them. And one of the main reasons I don't engage with them on TikTok is for the very reason what happened yesterday was that one of my videos were taken down because he couldn't handle it and had to go tell on me. So as much as you can't tell them anything or teach them anything Your account is at risk because they'll go running and do whatever they can to mass report you and do all that stuff. So I won't really engage them too often on TikTok, you know, as much as I want to. And I got to be honest, I'm just like you folks. I see some of these stupid ass posts and my first feeling is I got to eviscerate this motherfucker and it won't be hard because they're stupid. But I hold back. I always hold back because I know it's not worth risking the platform on TikTok. But as I say, after this time a video was taken down, it kind of revved me up a little, made me angry. So I said, look, I can't argue with trump on this platform because I'm risking my position on this platform. I spent a long time building it up to this point. I'm not going to let some dumb Trumplefuck take it away from me. But I frequently hear from these Trumplefucks, oh, you're stupid. You don't know anything. If you just debate me, you get what for. And they always do that. But I know the debate. I know how it's going to go. And I'm fine with that. But I always kind of push him away, block them or whatever, because it's just not worth the shit. Well, today, yesterday, I was pissed off about it because I said, look, you want to debate? We can fucking debate. But one caveat, we're not doing it on TikTok. We'll do it on the Rational Boomer podcast, because guess what? TikTok has no control over there. Nobody polices what I do on the podcast except me. So this will make it fair come on over to the Rational Boomer podcast. I have listeners that come on the show all the time. I would be happy to have a Trumplefuck come on the show and let me talk to you for a bit. Let's see how you teach me a lesson. let I'd love to see that. I would just love to see that. Now, over the years, I've had a number of Trumplefucks come up to me and say, yeah, sure, I'll debate you. And then whenever we've set something up, whether it be a recording, off the internet or doing it live on Facebook or whatever. All these people are really brave up until the moment when they actually have to show up. And then they'll always have some excuse. My kid is sick. I'm out of town. My grandma died. Some of them will even say to me, well, it's unfair because you've been on the radio all these years and you're a better talker than I am. I said, you know, the fact that I've been on radio for all these years I don't need that to be a better talker than you because you're a dumb motherfucker. You'll be easy to beat. And they know this, and I know this. Um, And they always back off. They always run away. Uh, And it's frustrating to me because once I'd like to just sit across the table from one and give them what I think every media reporter should have done over the past six years and just refuses to do it call them out now I know what's going to happen normally they will try to talk louder and longer they'll try to lie and gaslight and here's where I think I'll do well in this situation because as far as talking longer and louder I can compete with them I could do that too but if they were to come on the podcast I would make this rule Here's the deal. We're going to talk. I'm going to say what I say. You say what you say. Nobody interrupts anybody. The moment you interrupt somebody, you fucking lose and you're gone. So I'm certainly not going to do it, but I know they won't be able to help themselves. And the wonderful thing is once I make that rule and they break the rule and they lose, there's no arguing. You're the loser. You're fucking gone. Bye. So anyway, I started talking about that on TikTok. I got a number of people watching it and a lot of people saying, yeah, I'd love to see that. I'd love to see that. But guess what? Not one (laughs) Trumplafuck. Not one Trumplafuck said, yeah, I'll step up. I'll talk to Not one. Not one. And I'll guarantee you, I won't get one. I would love nothing. So what I'm saying is if you're listening to the podcast and you have some Trumplafuck, that you would like to be put in their place, and you think you can convince them to come on the show, tell them to email me at rationalboomer at gmail.com, and I would love to do this. I'd only do it one time, because I don't want to give these people any more exposure than they need. But for what we've seen over the last four or five or six years, it would be nice just once to see a trumplafuck, put in their place, embarrassed, eviscerated. And uh, I'm cocky enough to think I can do it. I know I can do it. Anytime you're talking to somebody that's as stupid as they are, they're not going to be hard to beat. So if you know somebody and you want to challenge them, I don't care who they are, what they do, what they say, what they know, if they've got a Harvard law degree, I do not give a fuck. I will absolutely talk to them. So talk amongst yourself. If you can dig somebody up who has the courage to come on the Rational Boomer podcast and test me and uh, take me down, as it were, because I know they all think they can, by all means... Give them my email. I would love to have them on. Okay, enough about that shit. (laughs) There's Mike flexing his fucking ego again. Well, yeah, you know, I'll be honest with you. If you do what I do on this podcast, you got to have a little bit of an ego. That said, I know my shortcomings. I know my weaknesses, and I have many. But I know what I can do, and I feel strongly about those things. Trust me, I have plenty of weaknesses. My wife, my kids, everybody will remind me of that. I don't have a big head about anything. I just do what I do because I like it. And I really want to put one of those fuckers in their place because somebody needs to. Anyway, enough about that shit. Let's talk about positive things, kind of positive things. We've got some emails. Let's talk about uh, a few emails that I have. This one comes from Peggy. Starts out. I think the reason Trump wants the unredacted information given out is because of a huge, because he's a huge narcissist. He is making it his business that he doesn't go down all by himself. He wants to take as many people with him as he can, thus giving himself that sense of power, no matter what what it is that's done to him. We have him to thank. Only for showing the world what a complete narcissist is. Thank you, Peggy. I see what you're saying, Peggy. And I don't necessarily disagree with you. Because that's what narcissists do. Uh, When they go down, they take everybody around them down. That's just inevitable. Um, but I don't think that's his end game. Because he's a narcissist, he thinks he will always win. He thinks he will always be right. He thinks that he'll be able to talk his way out of the situation. Believe it or not, as bad as it looks for Donald Trump, I guarantee you in his mind, he still thinks he can game the system. And as far as taking other people down around him, he will use that to get them to keep working for him. You know what I'm saying? You know how we talk about how these people are standing by his side and it's just been too long? They should have bailed a long time ago and saved their souls, but they don't. Donald Trump is probably using, I don't know, blackmail, coercion or whatever on these people to stick by him. He needs some crowd that loves him. That's what he definitely needs. Now, he's got the Trumplefucks, maybe 30% of the country, 30% of the stupidest of us. He's got them, but he needs people with a little power, the people around him. He needs an entourage. He needs a gang around him. So either he's completely fooled these people, and it's hard to imagine because it's such silly shit that he's doing. Or he's pressuring them or coercing them with whatever he has on them. I mean, that's Donald Trump's play. Have something on everybody. That's the kind of guy he is. And that's probably what's going on with the people that are still sticking by him. All right, the next one, Sean. It comes from Sean. And uh, he says, can you please give me your opinion on Lindsey Graham and his election last year. If he did that for Trump, do you think he interfered with his own count against Jamie? Yeah, yeah, I think that's possible. I think this happens a lot. I think there's been a lot of election fraud over the years or a lot of, you know, sketchy shit going on. A case in point would be Mitch McConnell. Now, if you go to Kentucky, nobody likes Mitch McConnell, but somehow he keeps winning elections. If anybody knows how to game a situation, it's Mitch McConnell. If anybody knows how to cheat, it's Mitch McConnell. And to be honest with you, Lindsey Graham isn't that far behind. Do you think they game the system? Do you think they come up with a scam where they keep getting voted in? Yeah, I think that's distinctly possible. And if we really want to get to the bottom of election fraud, we need to look at some of these state elections for senators and representatives in the House of Representatives. There's a lot of that shit going on on a smaller scale. It's harder to do with a presidential election because of the electoral votes and stuff. But we know that Donald Trump did interfere with the 2016 election with a little help from uh Vladimir Putin and the Russians, and of course in 2020 as well. I think there's a lot of this shit going on. It's not really happening amongst the voters like the Republicans would want you to believe. But there are some games going on in some of these states with some of these people who stay in office, even though they seem unpopular. I can't imagine that Lindsey Graham is all that greatly a pop pop. Uh, popular i mean he he is republican and south carolina is largely republican so that may be it and to be perfectly honest when somebody's been in office for years and they're an incumbent it's a much easier thing for them to regain office just because well they're there nothing crazy's happened so we'll just vote for him again however that may be changing for lindsey because he is going to have to testify, and we'll talk about that more, testify in front of the Fulton County, Georgia grand jury. And in my mind, he may end up a target much like Rudy Giuliani. We'll talk about that a little bit later. Thank you, Sean. And then there's Brenton from Michigan. Starts out by saying, my name is Brenton, 37 years old, living in the greatest state in the Union, Michigan. Michigan. And then he writes, LOL, I happen to see this old guy named Mike popping up while I'm going scrolling through TikTok, and I've been hooked ever since. I'm not a news watcher. I prefer to get my news from folks like you or my favorite podcaster, Mike Malloy. Don't know him, but I'll check it out. Or some online newspaper. I've heard you mention uh, of Democrats turning the tide coming November, and I agree. There seems to be a wake-up happening in this land, and it's the fact that the Republicans can't keep the lie going. Now that some momentum is flowing in the right direction, what will the strategy be now for Biden? What has he told close advisors? Uh, Has he told close advisors that he isn't running in 2024? I expect such, but I don't see anyone in the pipeline to fill the void, and no one right now seems to be fit or consumption there is a rep katie porter who i love and i think she would be great a great candidate but the powers that uh, be seem to give us who they have on a list and that worries me who do you see as a potential candidate to run for the dems if you had to consult your crystal ball love the show and keep blazing the truth trail thank you mike and good luck with the upcoming eye surgery brenton from michigan thank you very much um yeah, the eye surgery thing. I'm I'm not too worried about that whole thing. It's a simple surgery. It's cataract. I've had it before. My wife's had it. It'll be fine. I've got a good doctor. The you know, as I've said, the uh, the cost of things is a little ridiculous, but that's all taken care of. We're good. We're good. We don't have to start a, <laughs> a GoFundMe for Mike. I'm fine. I'm fine. I never understood that. People on TikTok, I'm in trouble, so let's start a GoFundMe. And there are always people with not a lot of followers. They think they can just pop on TikTok and say, I've got a sob story, now send me money. Some people do, I guess, but uh, I would never ask listeners or viewers for money. That's not what this is about. Anyhow, I believe you're right in terms of there's a wake-up happening in the land. Um, the Republicans are taking a beating with the January 6th committee, uh, the Mar-a-Lago thing, the Georgia thing, the New York thing. They're taking a beating. Donald Trump is taking a beating, so they are taking a beating. They are making a huge mistake by letting all these Trump endorsees become the candidate because what this is going to be in the midterms, it's going to be uh, a mandate against Donald Trump. And they don't want that. They want to talk about inflation and gas prices, those things they can win on. But Donald Trump isn't allowing them to do that. He's he's making it all about him. And let's be honest, that's what Donald Trump fucking does. It didn't work in 2020. He lost by 7 million votes. It's not going to work in 2022. Now, you're asking me, did, do you think Biden has told his close advisors he isn't running in 2024? I'm sure there are people around him that know that. And I honestly believe he won't run in 2024. I don't know why he would. He'd be 82 years old. Um, take some time and relax for a minute. And and he's really too old to continue doing this. I think his stock is going to be pretty high come 2024. Because once the Democrats take the midterms, uh, there's going to be a lot of things that got done, like we did in the first two years. I mean, what... Joe Biden's done legislatively is unprecedented. No other president has ever done as much as Joe Biden has done in two years. And I think more will be coming after uh, the midterms. So the Democrats will be in a good position. I still don't think he's going to run it. Just I just don't feel like it makes any sense. So what are they going to do? What are the Democrats going to do to win the 2022 election? Well, they're going to harp on the failures of the Republicans. They're going to promote the shit out of all the wins they've had in these two years. They're going to let the January 6th committee expose the Republicans for who they are. You're going to see uh, people, sitting members of Congress, being exposed as part of the insurrection. We might see some expulsions. We might see some indictments. But we are certainly going to see some careers destroyed. Down in Georgia, it's going to be a similar thing. Donald Trump, Lindsey Graham, and Rudy Giuliani will all probably get indictments. There is absolutely no good news for the Republicans at this point. And we know how dire it is because Mitch McConnell himself is kind of conceding the Senate races already. I mean, you've got some horrible candidates. And Mitch McConnell has said as much. We're going to possibly lose in the midterms in the Senate because of poor quality candidates. Now, when he says poor quality candidates, he's talking about those candidates that are endorsed by Donald Trump because he doesn't endorse good candidates. He just endorses candidates that pat him on the backside and tell him what a fucking genius he is. These people aren't qualified. Herschel Walker's a complete fucking dope. Um, Dr. Oz is a fucking idiot, a carpet-bagging scumbag. You know, it's just a J.D. Vance, same thing. These fucking people don't have a prayer. And nobody knows it better than Mitch McConnell. Now, who might the Democrats run in 2024? That's a good question. I've said Katie Porter before. She's a very sharp woman. It's about time for a woman president. Um, and she would be good. She might be a little too progressive to win the next election, but maybe down the road she could. Same thing with AOC. She's too young. I mean, she's old enough to, she will be old enough to run for the presidency, but she's too young and she's too progressive. I don't think the country's quite ready for that yet. But if I was to pick one person who would be the candidate for the presidency that is a Democrat, I would say it's Gavin Newsom from California. He's really hitting this thing hard. He's all over the country. He's talking shit about Ron DeSantis and and Donald Trump. He's doing some interesting things in California. He's been pretty successful in California. He's kind of sticking it to the Republicans. He's young. He's a good-looking guy. He's white, which couldn't hurt him. I mean, personally, personally, I'd rather see somebody, a person of color, a woman or a woman of color running. But right now, if you were to ask me who the strongest potential candidate for the Democrats in 2024 would have to be Gavin Newsom. Now, I'm not saying he's my favorite or I think he'd be a great president. He'd certainly be better than Donald Trump. He's certainly younger than uh, um, Joe Biden. And let's be honest, the midterms will tell us a lot. A lot of things will change after the midterms. And two years out is a long time to decide who's going to run for president. To me, Gavin Newsom seems like the strongest candidate. But two years from now, we have no fucking idea. The midterms, some new person comes in, they emerge as a great leader. Anything can happen, so... It's really hard to say who it is, and we really shouldn't focus on the presidential campaign in 2024. We don't know enough about it, and we don't know if it's going to work at all. So we'll see. We'll see. But just to answer your question right now, if you put a gun to my head and said, who's going to be the Democrat, Democratic uh, candidate in 2024, I would say Gavin Newsom. All right. Now, well, this is interesting. Former President Donald Trump had more than 300 classified documents at his Florida estate Mar-a-Lago that have since been recovered, of course, by the federal government. The New York Times reported that yesterday. The figures represent three batches of documents that the federal officials have recovered in recent months amid growing concern Trump had absconded with the files after he left the White House. And, of course, he did. About 150 documents marked classified were handed over to the National Archives in January, Um, uh, a large number that prompted concern from officials that there that the uh, trump may have had additional sensitive materials in the bowels of the resort which he did in the basement and in his office trump reportedly went through those boxes himself late last year before they were turned over now that's a that's a that's a big get here with witnesses saying that happened that's almost proving that donald trump is guilty if he went through every one of those documents, looking them over for whatever reason, I mean, the fucking guy doesn't read, so who knows why he looked at them. But he had some plans for them, clearly. And if he took the time to look through him, through them, he can't possibly say, well, I didn't know what the fuck they were. Somebody just loaded it on a truck, and there they were. He knows exactly what they are. He knows exactly why he took them. Now it's just a matter of us finding out why he took them, what he intended to do with them, or what did he already do with him? Because I'm convinced once he had those things for 18, 19 months, he definitely did something with them. Officials at the Justice Department later went to the Florida State in June, of course, with a subpoena for any additional classified material. But reviews of security footage and information from interviews with Trump's aides led them to believe that there were even more documents that hadn't been turned over. Now, here's the interesting thing. I heard somebody say this, and I don't know if it's true, but... Some people think there's still documents at Mar-a-Lago, or maybe they're up in New York at Trump Tower. Who the fuck knows? The FBI, armed with a search warrant, went into Mar-a-Lago on August 8th and recovered about 20 boxes. See, that's interesting. At first we heard there was like six, then we heard there was 12. Now they're saying there are 20 boxes that they took out on August 8th, which is weird because they took out 15 boxes previously. So we're talking 35 fucking boxes of documents, classified, top secret, and double top secret, whatever that means, including 11 sets of classified material. A federal judge unsealed the warrant shortly afterward, which shows Trump was under investigation for possible violations of the Espionage Act. And I think the evidence, when we find out about it, will be pretty damning on Donald Trump with the Espionage Act. Because like I said, I think he did something with them already. That only makes sense. Donald Trump is 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 a child. The moment he got these toys, he had to show them off and do something with them. He's always grifting money or favors or whatever it is he's trying to do. But I guarantee you, he did something with these fucking things. And I personally think... The DOJ knows exactly what he did, and that's where the problem for Donald Trump is going to come in. The Times, uh, the New York Times, the first to report on the sensitive material found during the searches, added, it's unclear what type of classified information officials found. But the paper, citing a person briefed on the investigation, said they included material from the CIA, the National Security Agency, the NSA, and the FBI on topics related to national security. Just having those documents is illegal. Now, it's unclear if Trump could face any charges related to the documents. The Presidential Record Act requires all official government material to be turned over to the National Archives at the end of a presidential term. Now, the archives knew, in part, that there were missing documents that had been widely reported in the media, including Trump's love letters with North Korean leader Kim Jong-un. And, of course, this has all created a firestorm the moment agents searched Trump's resort, Mar-a-Lago. Trump has since castigated those involved in carrying out the search, declaring the FBI's actions a politicization of the Justice Department that has never happened to a former president, his age quickly moved to say that he had a standing order to automatically declassify documents that left the Oval Office for his residence, although there's no evidence so far to back that up. yeah, There's a process to this. There are things you have to do. Other people have to know about it. You don't just get to waive your your, your magic wand over and say, it is now declassified. And some of that stuff, he didn't even have the power to declassify alone. So that's a bullshit answer. The DOJ's investigation into the documents is ongoing, as are several other government inquiries into Trump's behavior leading up to January 6th. Donald Trump's in some deep trouble with regards to these documents. He can't explain it away. First, he took them out of the White House. Crime, Presidential Records Act. Then the DOJ said, you've got some of these documents, we want them back. They grabbed 15 boxes. But then they find out, because of the National Archives going through the documents, noting that some are missing, and also having... Video footage inside Mar-a-Lago showing people going into the areas where these documents were stored, going in and out of there, taking boxes out, taking things out of one box and putting them in another box. So what they saw there was very sketchy and it caused them to suspect something wrong was going on. And the fact that they had that video footage showing how they were handling classified and top secret documents, that was the probable cause that got them the search warrant. Donald Trump really wants to try to explain this away, but he can't. There is no explanation for this. Why would you have these top secret documents? Now, of course, some people say, well, he's just bringing home his work from the office. That's bullshit. That's bullshit. And that doesn't even matter because regardless of why he did it, it's still illegal. Now, if he did it to harm this country or pass along information, top secret information, to an adversarial country, that's even a bigger crime. Donald Trump's in deep trouble here. He can't talk his way out of this. And I have a feeling the informant inside of Mar-a-Lago is somebody who was already getting pressure from the FBI. And who might that be? Well, let's think about it. Donald Trump has some weak-ass lawyers because he can't afford good ones, and the good ones, even if he could afford them, don't want to work for him because he's a horrible client and he doesn't pay his bills. Now, when the DOJ went down there and got the first... Fifteen boxes of documents. There was a document written by one of Donald Trump's lawyers. I think his name is Evans. And then Christina Bob, another lawyer, and I use that term Lucy of Donald Trump's, signed it. And that document said there is no more top-secret documents there. Okay. Well, but then... We find out there's another 20 boxes of documents, 11 classified or top secret documents, and it's a fucking mess. So that woman, Christina Bob, who signed that document, and even the guy who wrote it, are in some deep, deep shit. Because you can't do that and not be prosecuted and probably do some jail time. Now, Christina uh, Bob isn't the, the finest of, of lawyers, but she's smart enough to know what kind of trouble she's in. Now, if she did it knowingly, she's going to jail. But if she did it because Donald Trump told her that was the case, then Donald Trump is in trouble. So her option is go to jail or Throw Donald Trump under the bus. Now, I'll guarantee you, this is a young woman, not a great lawyer. She was a talking head on TV. She is going to throw Donald Trump under the bus to save her ass. And so is this Evans guy. He's going to save his ass. So for me, if we want to identify who the uh, mole is or who the form it is to me it's those two lawyers one or both of those lawyers did it because they had the most to lose and they are the most likely to throw donald trump under the bus to save their ass it may be harder for some of his closer advisors or for his family to do it but those two they seem like the likely prospects for the ones that are informing on donald trump and wouldn't that be ironic if his own lawyers are informing on him All right, let's take a quick break, and we will be right back. Now, in a previous podcast, I told you how Donald Trump has said, uh, look, dudes, DOJ, FBI, yeah, I want my stuff back. (laughs) And it's a pretty weak attempt. He's even filed a motion, which is kind of interesting about this motion. His three lawyers, who are all jokes, quite frankly, Uh, signed this motion, but this motion is presented as pro se, which would suggest that Donald Trump is representing himself. Now, why would he do that? Well, apparently none of his lawyers (laughs) are qualified or in a position to practice law in the Southern District of Florida, and that's where they are in Mar-a-Lago. So he has to present it himself, and it is civil, so theoretically he can. But imagine that. Former president of the United States can't hire a lawyer in southern Florida to represent him in this situation. He has to go with three clowns that are the weakest of attorneys. And as I've said before, I think two of them might be the mole. Donald Trump is completely fucked, but he presented this motion to the court. Because he wants some of his stuff back. Now, lawyers for former President Donald Trump on Monday asked a federal judge to prevent the FBI from continuing to review the documents recovered from his Florida estate earlier this month until a neutral special master can be appointed. (laughs) How long have they had these documents? You don't think the FBI has already looked at them? You don't think you're, you're closing the barn door after the fucking cows got out? Yeah, I think uh, that's ridiculous. It's just an attempt to try to do something when they know as well as anybody it's fucking too late. And not to mention that, if you looked at this motion, and I only read parts of it, but it's so scattered, so convoluted, so bullshit Nobody's going to take it seriously. The attorneys asserted in a court filing there first since the FBI searched uh, mar 2 weeks ago that the sets of documents taken from the residents were presumptively covered by executive privilege. The lawyers said that? Well, unfortunately, these fucking lawyers don't know as much as some guy who didn't get through fucking college, meaning me. Executive privilege only goes with the office of the presidency, and surprise, surprise, in spite of what Mike Lindell would have you believe, Donald Trump is not president. He's not in a position to invoke executive privilege. Legally, he can't. The judge acknowledged that possibility in this Monday's order, writing, I cannot say at this point that partial redactions will be so extensive that they will result in a meaningless disclosure. See, they want to to release this affidavit. And as I've said before, the Republicans don't want that fucking thing released. Donald Trump doesn't want those fucking things released. But they will say they want them released. Now you probably say to me, "How do you know they don't want it released?" Well, I'll tell you very clearly: the people that are pushing to have this affidavit released is the media. They want to see what's in it for obvious reasons. But you know what? Donald Trump and nobody around Donald Trump has has uh, made a motion to release that affidavit. They did make the motion to uh, ah yeah, give me the stuff back. But they have not made a motion to release the affidavit. Frankly, the affidavit would blow them up. It would fuck up the Republicans. It would fuck up Donald Trump. That's the last thing he wants. All he wants to do is say, yeah, release it. Not make a motion, but just say, yeah, release it. And then when they don't, he'll say, it's all a (laughs) cover-up. Nice try, Donald. We've seen this show before, and uh, we didn't like it the first time. Several news organizations, including that of the Associated Press, have urged the judge to unseal additional records tied to this month's search at Mar-a-Lago. Of course, the FBI said they have 11 sets of classified documents, including top-secret records from the Florida estate. And, of course, the media wants to see it. Donald Trump says he wants to see it, but uh, no, he doesn't. Of particular interest is the affidavit supporting the search, which presumably contains key details about the Justice Department's investigation examining whether Trump retained and mishandled classified and sensitive government records. Trump and some of his supporters have also called for the document to be released, hoping it will expose what they contend was government overreach. (laughs) Well, you have hope in one hand and a pile of shit in the other hand, and you know what you got? (laughs) You got a pile of shit in one hand. That's what you got. In this written ruling, Reinhardt said the Justice Department had a compelling interest in preventing the affidavit from being released in its entirety. But he said he did not believe it should remain fully sealed and said he was not persuaded by the department's arguments that the redaction process imposes an undue burden on its resources, particularly given the intense public and historical interest in the unprecedented search of a former president's residence. The government has not yet shown that these administrative concerns are sufficient sufficient to justify the ceiling. But then the judge goes on and says, that said, it might be dangerous to release this stuff to Donald Trump and to Mar-a-Lago. Wait, why would it be dangerous to Donald Trump? especially if what Donald Trump is saying is true, that it's an overreach. Now, let's remember, when we had the search, what happened on that day? Were there a bunch of Democrats or libtars out there carrying pitchforks and fucking torches? No. There was a bunch of dumb trump out there supporting their Lord and Savior, Donald Trump. So what are they afraid of? I think... Th- What they said is they're afraid that there might be some vulnerabilities with Mar-a-Lago as far as security and something about Donald Trump. Well, the only reason that would be dangerous to Donald Trump, because the only people that were potentially dangerous out there these days, is the Republicans. That safety might come into play when it exposes certain things that might turn the toothless Trump the other way. And there is probably some information, some evidence that will be so compelling that even they can't deny it. So are they worried that the Trumple will turn on Donald Trump? I don't care. I'm cool with that. Um, The other thing is that they're worried about the informants. They're worried that the names of the informants would get out. And, of course, the FBI doesn't want to do that. They still want to use them. They don't want to put them in danger. But if the Republicans push to get this released and it reveals the informants, who are those informants going to be? Well, guaranteed they're Republicans and guaranteed they work closely with Donald Trump. So as Democrats, as libtards, or whatever they want to call us, why do we care about that? I mentioned this before, and it's worth mentioning again. If you Republicans really want to see who the mole is and you want to sacrifice those moles, cool. They're your people. They're not the Democrats. I think ultimately what's going to happen is if anything gets released at all, it'll be so highly redacted it won't make a difference. And uh, more likely, they won't release it because there'll be too much question. The Republicans will be relieved. The DOJ will be relieved. And uh, they'll just continue on. But with all that's going on, you have to believe there has to be some indictments in the not-so-distant future. This is a pretty egregious thing that happened here. And if Donald Trump has already release some of these documents to some adversarial countries like Saudi Arabia or, say, Russia or even North Korea, if he's already done that and they have some proof of that, this fucking game is already over. Donald Trump can't talk himself out of that. And I really really believe that he's already done something with it. It only makes sense. It's logic. So we'll see. But... uh, Over the next couple of weeks, things are going to be interesting, and they are going to decide whether they're going to release the affidavit on Thursday. The judge will give us a decision on that in a couple of days, so it'll be interesting to see what happens. Frankly, for me, if they release the whole affidavit and we get to see everything, I'm okay with that, because that's a big win for the Democrats. The only concern I have is if they release the information, and it hurts the investigations, and uh, it gives Donald Trump a chance to slip out of it, then I'm against it. But exposing these fucks for who they are, I'm all about that. Now, the Justice Department has issued a new grand jury subpoena to the National Archives for more documents as part of its investigation into the January 6th attack on the U.S. Capitol. See, that's what you have to understand. We have the January 6th committee investigating the insurrection. We all know that. We all see what's happening. But again, we have to understand that the uh, select committee can not indict anybody, can't prosecute anybody. All they can really do is expose the evidence, and that's what they've been doing. And coming in September, we'll start to see more of these January 6th committees. Now, there was... The J-6 committee was butting heads with the DOJ because the DOJ wanted some of their evidence. The January 6th committee said, no, not yet. We're going to get through ours. We're not going to let you fuck up our investigation. Well, since that time, the January 6th committee has released some of the evidence to them. And now... The DOJ is going directly to the National Archives to get them to release documents. This is all good news, because as much as the January 6th committee is exposing things, the DOJ committee, the DOJ can indict fuckers for treason or for espionage or for whatever. So... It's going to be interesting to see what happens when the DOJ gets hold of these records from the National Archives. Now, this latest subpoena issued on August 17th is in addition to a subpoena the Department of Justice sent to the Archives earlier this year requesting the same documents and informing Uh, and information that the archives had previously handed over to the House Select Committee investigating January 6th. This new subpoena, which has not been previously reported, is understood to request additional documents and data from the archives pertaining to a period of time before and after January 6th. Thomas Wyndham, an assistant U.S. attorney who is leading the criminal probe into the effort to impede the transfer of power after the 2020 election, including the potential role played by the former president and allies to organize a group of fake electors who could keep Trump in power despite losing the election. The U.S. Attorney's Office declined to comment. The subpoena requests that the documents be produced by the end of August. That's the one thing that's coming out of this that's so interesting. When we first heard about these fake electors, we all kind of laughed at it because it was a joke. It was stupid. But now as time has gone by, it seems the DOJ is taking this very seriously. And this is some serious crime. So a lot of these stupid little fucks that said, I'll be a fake elector. They're thinking they're all tough and shit are now going to be indicted and going to be prosecuted. And I'll guarantee you, some of those fuckers are going to talk too. They have no choice. They're nobodies. They live in the suburbs. They have a wife and two kids and a dog. And they just want to live their life. They thought they'd get some power by siding with Donald Trump. They actually thought that they were going to win. And then when they didn't win, now all of a sudden there's a price to be paid. And they ain't going to like that. Now, the new subpoena is the latest indication that the Justice Department is ramping up its investigation and has broadened the scope of its probe into potential role White House staff played in events leading up to the attack on the Capitol that day. So we have January 6th. But for all those people that said Merrick Garland and the DOJ isn't doing anything, well, this says otherwise. Last week, CNN and others reported that Trump White House lawyer Eric Hirschman, who pushed back on efforts by the former president and his allies to overturn the 2020 election, has been subpoenaed by a federal grand jury investigating the events. Other Trump lawyers, including Pat Cipollone and Patrick Philbin, have also been subpoenaed. And the DOJ officials have been gearing up to try to access direct communications with Trump when he was in office, which could set off a huge legal fight over executive privilege, except for the fact that Donald Trump no longer has any fucking executive privilege. They'll go through the courts and he'll keep losing and uh, ultimately they will get it. See, that's the game here. They keep trying to delay, distract or divert. But they can only do it so long. This is a no-win situation for them. They might put it off a month or two months or three months or even six months. But ultimately, it's going to come to pass. People always say to me, well, in the midterms, if the Republicans do win, then all this stops. No, that's not true. Granted. The January 6th committee, if they are not done by the midterms and the Republicans win come July or July, January, they could very well shut down the January 6th committee. That could happen. But once this stuff is in the hands of the DOJ, there's no going back. Nobody's going to shut that down. Not even the president of the United States, Joe Biden, can shut this down. So don't worry about the midterms and people not paying The price, because once it's with the DOJ, they're going to see it through to the end. And it doesn't matter who's in fucking office. Let's talk about another piece of shit. (laughs) I should maybe change the name of the show from Rational Boomer to Focus on Pieces of Shit, because that's what it seems like we talk about all too often. But this is a special kind of piece of shit. Alex Jones. And what a difference three days made for conspiracy monger Alex Jones. Jones praised Florida Governor Ron DeSantis on his InfoWars show Thursday as somebody way better than Donald Trump to support for president in 2024. My gosh. Jones said the days when he pig-headedly supported Trump were long gone and that DeSantis was the better candidate. DeSantis has just gone from being awesome to being unbelievably good, Jones said. <laughs> You'd think this motherfucker would learn the lesson, wouldn't you? Go all in on a fucking piece of shit. You're going to get burned again. It's funny, with Alex Jones and... Um, Uh, The pillow guy, it's like they're dying to destroy themselves. Everything they do, even when they get destroyed, they keep going. They don't change. They don't learn a fucking lesson. According to the Daily Beast, Jones said, And I don't just watch a man's action. As Christ said, judge a tree by its fruits. I can also look in his eyes on HD video and see his true sincerity. How about the evil? Alex, do you see the evil in DeSantis' eyes? Jones said DeSantis is what Trump should be like. But he said the Republican governor is not just better than Trump, but way better than Trump. Wow. Some pundits suggested that Jones' announcement was a sign that Trump, hold on, the right wing is fading. But that seems to have been mistaken based on the mea culpa Jones issued on Monday, yesterday, to appease the former president. In his emergency message, Jones begged Trump to watch the first minutes of Thursday's show so you can see what I said in context. Oh, you just said that Ron DeSantis is better than Donald Trump, but now it was taken out of context on your own fucking show. Please. Jones claimed that the corporate media edited his comments down to a 30-second clip to make it sound like he's only for DeSantis and that he's abandoned Donald Trump. Well, you pretty much said that, Alex Jones. Jones insisted that's not true. It's the contrary. Of course it is. You said what you said, but you meant the exact opposite. I get it, man. I fucking get it. The normally fiery disinformation peddler tried to empathize with the former president's current situation. I understand that you're under attack. I understand you are surrounded. And I'm trying to get you to reassess the situation. Oh, Alex, you're just trying to help Donald Trump. He said, I know that people are telling you that you need to reassess the situation. (laughs) So what happened was... Alex Jones thought he was making a better move by backing Ron DeSantis, and then when his lord and savior, Donald Trump, got mad, he had to backpedal, and he did. I've watched the video. There's nothing taken out of context. He said what he said. And to be perfectly honest, he's right about Donald Trump, but he's way wrong about Ron DeSantis. He'll jump on board any fucking fascist authoritarian piece of shit that he feels like he can jump on board with. Now, Ron DeSantis is going to have a tough enough time winning the governorship, let alone the presidency. And as I've said earlier, everybody wants to say what's going to happen in 2024. Nobody fucking knows. Nobody honestly knows. There will be so many changes and new revelations that come out between now and 2024. No one can really predict that. I mean, if the election were today, you could probably predict it would probably be Ron DeSantis and Gavin Newsom. And Gavin Newsom would kick his ass. But we don't know where Ron DeSantis is going to be. Remember, this whole thing with Matt Gates. when that finally comes to pass, we know that there are other powerful politicians that were tied into Joel Greenberg and Matt Gates' morass of child sex trafficking. So it'll be interesting to see who in the poli- in politics in the Republican Party in Florida gets sucked into that one when that comes to pass. And I wouldn't at all be surprised that it's Ron DeSantis. And if that happens, Ron DeSantis isn't even a footnote when we get to 2024. So just... Don't worry about 2024. Let's get through 2022. Let's get the uh, margins a little better in the House and the Senate and get some stuff done in the next two years. And then we can worry about 2024 and what actually is going to happen. Now, when Mitch McConnell said that one of the reasons he's not so sure that the Republicans will take the majority in the Senate, he said it was because the poor quality of candidates. And the perfect illustration of that, Georgia Republican Herschel Walker. He said that Biden administration's sweeping new climate law represents unnecessary spending because it sets aside money to plant and protect trees. So he's against planting and protecting trees. Why would he be against that? He goes on to say they try to fool you and make you think they're helping you out. They're not. You know that some of this money is going into trees. We've got enough trees. (laughs) Don't we have enough trees around here, Walker said, Sunday in Georgia? Now, even the dumbest of the dumb have to say, boy, this fucker's an imbecile. The Atlanta Journal-Constitution reported, essentially, no, the planet does not have enough trees to neutralize the impact of burning fossil fuels. While the 2015 study found the Earth has over 3 trillion trees, the number of trees here now is far less than at the beginning of human civilization and not merely enough to offset the devastating effects of climate change, scientists say. The Inflation Reduction Act passed by Congress without a single Republican vote, mind you, allocates $1.5 billion over. 10 years to the Forest Service Urban and Community Forestry Program, which funds tree planting in cities like Atlanta that struggle with poor air quality. You know, the town you live in, fucking Herschel. Especially in lower income areas, scientists agree that the trees are beneficial, helping to reduce air pollution. Now, in 2020, former President Donald Trump signed an executive order joining the United States in the World Economic Forum, Trillion Trees Initiative, which Trump describes as an ambitious effort to bring together government and the private sector to plant new trees. Isn't that funny? Herschel thinks we've got enough trees, but (laughs) Donald Trump signed a bill to get a trillion more trees. Climate advocates opposed the order, however, on the grounds it didn't do anything to mitigate the driving factor behind climate change, the consumption of fossil fuels, and encouraged logging. The fund's earmarked, uh, for anything tree-related, are just a small portion of the $750 billion Inflation Reduction Act, which not only tackles climate change, but health care and prescription drug costs, major planks of Democrats' domestic agenda. It's not the first time that the Republican Senate candidate caused controversy with his climate commentary, like when he offered an extreme oversimplification oversimplica- of global impact on air pollution. Walker's campaign provided uh, his full remarks from the event, also showing, uh, citing the law's provision for additional IRS agents as further reckless spending and question whether the law in general would actually decrease inflation. Walker doubled down in a tweet. Yes, you heard me right. Joe Biden and the Reverend Warnock are spending $1.5 billion on urban forestry and raising taxes on those making under $200,000 pay for it. Yes, I have a problem with that. Biden's administration says that the law won't directly raise taxes on households, earning less than $400,000 a year. Herschel and the Republicans just make shit up. They spew it out as if it's the gospel. That's why you can't believe a fucking single thing that they say. A joint committee on taxation analysis concluded it could indirectly impact people at lower income thresholds. The comments surfaced after Senate Minority Leader Mitch McConnell commented last week on the quality of GOP candidates running in this year's election when Republicans are eyeing control of both congressional chambers. Now, (laughs) I'll wrap this thing up on, on Herschel by telling you there was a debate between Herschel Walker and Raphael Warnock, Senator Warnock, scheduled for next Sunday. (laughs) But uh, Walker backed out of that debate. Not surprisingly, he would get destroyed because he's an imbecile. But the reason why he backed out on this debate, listen to this, he said no one would be watching because everybody would be watching Sunday night NFL football. For fuck's sake. (laughs) I would love to talk to somebody who supports Herschel Walker, and I would ask him one simple question. Why? What is it that Herschel Walker brings to the table that is important to you? And how do you respond to these absolutely ridiculous, moronic, immature fucking answers? He is out of touch. He knows nothing. I mean, this guy seems to be on the border of being illiterate, but that's their guy. In Georgia, Herschel Walker doesn't have a prayer winning that fucking race. I guarantee you, because, as I said, you know, I just bought a small place in in Georgia. I know a lot of people in Georgia now. I'm getting to know more and more every day. And people in Georgia aren't fucking stupid. They aren't dumb. Whether they be Republican or Democrat, they're not dumb people. But they certainly can identify a dumb motherfucker like Herschel Walker. He is an absolute joke. He has no prayer at winning the election. He's going to go away. He's going to slink away, say the election was rigged and all this other shit. But nobody will ever hear from Herschel Walker again because he's a piece of shit and he's stupid. And it's an embarrassment that he is even running as a candidate for the Republican Party. It's amazing to me that, 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 that we even have to listen to that shit. Now, a federal appeals court temporarily blocked a lower court's ruling that mandated Senator Lindsey Graham to testify before a a Georgia grand jury in its investigation into Donald Trump and his allies' attempts to sway the state's 2020 election. In a brief order, the 11th U.S. Circuit Court of Appeals sent the ruling back down to the district court instructing the judge to weigh any potential changes to Fulton County's grand jury subpoena to Graham in alignment with the Constitution's speech and debate clause. ABC News reports the clause which offers lawmakers certain legal protections when they are acting in their official capacities is at the heart of Graham's challenge to the subpoena for his testimony. Well, here's the interesting thing. They are sending it back to a judge to rethink this. But you know who they're sending it back to? They're sending it back to District Court Judge Leigh Martin May, and that is the same judge that last ruled that Graham has until 9 a.m. this Wednesday to file a motion as to exactly to which questions and or categories he is requesting the court to address in an order to partially quash the subpoena. Now, here's the deal. Judge Lay Martin May is the last judge that ruled Fuck you, you have to testify. So it's going to this appeal, appeals court. They're sending it back to the judge who said, no, he's got to fucking testify. So now in response, he's saying, okay, you got till 9 a.m. Wednesday to tell us what exactly is your questions to this. Because it's a bullshit question. What he's claiming is not true. It's not going to work. He is going to have to testify. There is no question. Following this, the Fulton County DA's office will have until next Monday to respond, after which Graham must respond by Wednesday, August 31st. The only thing that Lindsey Graham has accomplished here is delay it. He's going to have to talk. And the reason he's so upset about having to talk is because he's going to have to do it under oath. And he's got a problem. If he sticks to his story, he has to lie. Then he has to deal with the possibility of perjury. That's not going to be a good look on him, and it's not going to help him um, get anywhere. Now, if he tells the truth to avoid perjury, now he has to throw Donald Trump under the bus. We know that Donald Trump called the uh, Secretary of State Raffensperger because it's on audio tape. But what we also know is that uh, Lindsey Graham, called Raffensburg twice. Now, we don't know if there are any tapes of that, but uh, I think there's an excellent chance, like Rudy Giuliani, Lindsey Graham will be a target. And I think Donald Trump will be a target. I mean, hell, Donald Trump committed the crime on fucking audio tape. How do you not indict him? Lindsey Graham called twice, and if there are tapes on that, that's going to be a problem for Lindsey Graham. Fulton County District Attorney Fonnie Willis and her team want to ask Graham about two phone calls they said he made to Georgia Secretary of State Brad Raffensperger after the 2020 election, where he asked about reexamining certain absentee ballots cast in Georgia in order to explore the possibility of a more favorable outcome for former President Donald Trump. That, my friends, is fucking illegal. Now, he can try to talk his way out of it. He can try to avoid testifying, but he will ultimately testify. He may put it off a month, but he's going to have to testify. And he's in deep shit. He might very well be fucking indicted. And then what happens to Lady G when he's the senator from uh, South Carolina and he's indicted now in the state of Georgia, the neighboring state? What's going to happen to good old Lindsey Graham? Well, his life, his career is going to take a big shit. That's what's going to happen. And it's inevitable now for Lindsey Graham. He can delay it a month, as Republicans tend to do. But at some point, he's got to pay the fucking piper. And he's got no money left because what he did was illegal. And it's going to be brought out and proven. And Lindsey Graham ultimately is fucked. And that will get one more Republican senator out of the Senate. That doesn't mean we won't get another Republican to replace him. But this piece of shit will be gone. All right, we are going to wrap up the Rational Boomer podcast. I want to thank you very much for taking the time to listen. If you are a uh, listener and you think, hey, I should be on the show. I could talk about stuff. Don't hesitate. All you have to do is send me an email at rationalboomer at gmail.com. Say, hey, Mike, I'd like to do that. I'd say, okay, let's work it out. Let's set up a time. Let's do it. We've had a lot of good luck with listeners calling in, uh, or not calling in, but joining me on Zoom and being part of the show. And I'd love to do more of it. I know we've got Ed coming up a little later in the week, so you'll be hearing from him. And, of course, you'll hear the same old stuff right here on the Rational Boomer Podcast. I hope you have a great day, and we will talk to you again tomorrow. Thanks for listening to the Rational Boomer Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. We'll see you next time.